It's the VNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. I'm Beckler. One thing I like to do when Shauna is away on the podcast is try to get some other sounds and other voices uh, on the show. Because Lord knows I could sit here and talk at you for half an hour if I had to. But I've always found it more interesting as someone who listens to you know a lot of podcasts and a lot of audio to hear more than one voice. So you're going to hear quite a few different voices on the show today. From clips, from interviews, callers, my co-workers, you're going to hear it all. As for today's segments, uh, I got a call from the company that runs the condo building where I own a place up in Edmonton. And they had an issue with my tenant. We'll talk about that. Got a conspiracy for you. My wife McKenna was being a bit suspicious the other day without good reason. You'll see why. We're going to talk about whose death right now would most disrupt the world. A type of would you rather question involving where and how you'd like to live. A friend of mine hit a hole in one at a charity golf tournament over the weekend. We'll talk to him. I'm getting a certain type of targeted ad nonstop on social media right now, and I don't know why. Talk about that. And we're going to kick the show off with what I would say is probably my favorite segment to do on this show, hands down. And I only do it when Sean is away just because of how much work it is to put together. And I don't know if you enjoy it as much as I do, but I don't care. It's my favorite. And we're starting with that. First, you're out of context clip of the show. VNS in 20 minutes or less. My wife McKenna had a couple of her friends over to get ready to go out the other night. They were going out on the town, so they were getting ready in our bathroom. And then when they left, I noticed that there was a pair of black panties laying on the floor in the bathroom. And I said to McKenna, one of your friends left their panties here. Uh, So she texted both of her friends, and both friends were like, those aren't my panties. So whose panties were they? Well, I launched a full investigation into this one. It was an average ensuite bathroom in a quiet suburban home, and a group of young women were getting ready for a night on the town. But when they headed out for the evening, they would leave behind a mystery that would defy explanation. A pair of panties, discarded, on the floor. But whose panties were they? When the panties weren't immediately claimed, one by one, the girls were called in for questioning. When you left the house that night, were you wearing panties? <laughs> it's, it's questionable, but I believe so. Describe those panties. It was a few days ago, but from what I recall, they were probably lacy and not black. Not black? <laughs> How do you know? Well, I was hoping to get lucky with my husband that night. <laughs> so I know I prepared. Well, and, and I was wearing white jean shorts, so I know black underwear would have totally ruined the outfit. What size of panties do you wear? It's an extra small, extra large in the back. She's a big dumper. A big dumper. Giant dumper. Tiny Tiny front. Tiny Tiny front. A second suspect refused to be interviewed on the advice of her lawyer, but released this statement. They are not my panties. I have never seen those panties in my life. 
Investigators turned their attention to a third suspect, but during her interrogation, she revealed a piece of information that would turn the case on its head. Well, I actually don't really wear panties very often, unless it's with a dress or a skirt or something, and so I don't have that many pairs, and I was wearing jeans that night, so there's no way they could be mine. With no further leads, the case went cold. And what's to become of the unclaimed mystery panties? They can't be donated. That would be gross. Will they end up in the trash? We may never know. For Dateline NBC, I'm Andrew Beckler. Good night. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I got to play you uh, some of the outtakes from that conversation. So the audio of, of my friend there, we were in her kitchen. Uh, she and her husband had us for, for supper. They were cleaning up and I was, you know, recording this fake interview with her. And my son, Bo, was sitting there and he was just howling. And I had to cut all of his laughs out of this. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it wasn't the best conversation to be having in front of him, but he thought it was the funniest thing ever. Listen to his laughs. Is it a particular pair of panties that he likes? Especially not the ones that you found on the bathroom floor. <laughs> what size of panties do you wear? <laughs> so I had to cut those out for the final product, but I, uh, <laughs> I wanted you to hear them because that's... That is a little guy who's having a good time. BNS in 20 minutes or less. What kind of uh, targeted ads do you get on your social media feeds? What comes down the pipe for you? I was talking recently on the show about how you, so we just finished the reno in our house and I was getting nothing but ads for like lighting fixtures and flooring and decor and that sort of thing. But to be fair, that is what I was searching. So I, I was pumping that information into the algorithm. It was spitting it back out. But it's weird because now I don't get any of that stuff anymore. All I get is underwear ads. That's it. Ads for, me, for, for men's underwear. Like literally, every, if I open Instagram right now, every ad, because it's every third story, I think, every ad will be for Gitch. And like, in my opinion, sacks are still the gold standard, right? If, if, if you have a full rotation of sacks underwear as a man, that would be a sign that you have really made it, I think. And I am getting ads for sacks, but I'm also getting ads for every imitator under the sun, like every sacks off-brand you can imagine. Why is that? Is that like the natural progression for a guy my age? You buy a house, you fix it up, and then you replace all your gitch? Is that that's how it goes? Because I wasn't searching for gitch, not like with the Renault stuff. I was searching for that. I have not been searching for gitch. And I am saying gitch, not ginch. You'll notice that. I don't put the N in there. If we draw the line in, I think, in Lloyd Minster, everything east of Lloyd Minster is gitch. West of Lloyd Minster is ginch, and just doesn't sound right to me as a dirty Sasky. Um, but I could tell you every feature that modern underwear offer to men because I've seen all the ads. Did you know that bulge enhancement is really big right now? It's available in a lot of these pairs of gitch. Bulge enhancement. The push-up bra for your chinch bug. Like, get out of my feet. BNS in 20 minutes or less. We have a radio friend. His name is Mark Johnston, and he hosts the morning show at our sister station, Play 92 in Regina. He's also the in-game host for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And on the weekend, he was playing in a charity golf tournament, and he hit a $50,000 hole-in-one. Mark's on the phone right now. When I saw the, your post on social media, I, at first I thought you were joking. Oh, man. So many people actually thought that I was joking or people thought that I was the one sitting there witnessing it, like working the hole. Yeah. <laughs> Not the case. 
There was another guy on the course who caught the tail end of your celebration on video. Was that you running down the fairway with your shirt off? No, I wish it was, man. I wish it was. Now, seeing that video, I regret not taking my shirt off because that would have been the perfect time to do it. That was the group behind us, and they were having fun all day. And I'm glad they were there because being able to celebrate with them and then my group and the three witnesses that were on the hole was 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 so cool. That I'm, I'm glad that, that Ray, who was the guy that took the video, got video of it too because uh, – to be able to relive, you know, 30 seconds of the celebration was pretty cool. That is cool. Have you ever been close before, like close to the hole? Uh, yeah, I've been probably a foot away. And when you get that close, you're like, ah, oh, just, you know, one more spin or one more bounce, it would have went in. And then this one, I, I still didn't, like standing on the tee box, I wasn't 100% sure it went in because it bounced and then disappeared. And we're all kind of like, well, that ball disappeared. I look at the witnesses because of, you know, it being worth $50,000. There has to be witnesses there for insurance purposes. So I look over at them and we're all kind of like, well, what do we do? And they jump in golf carts and start driving towards the hole. And I didn't want them to beat me there to see, you know, is the ball in the hole or not? I wanted to be the first one there. So I start like full on sprinting down the fairway, <laughs> like running faster than I've ever ran before get there and sure enough the the ball is uh in the hole it bounced about a foot away and went in do you know what the odds of hitting a hole in one are mark i've actually never looked do you know i don't know i looked it up yesterday it's one in twelve thousand five hundred. so most people i mean you, if you play 10 rounds a year for 50 years like you're still not even close to to making those odds and then the fact that you hit it on the hole where it mattered the most is just incredible I still can't believe it, and the and the luck continues. I I uh, scanned my Lotto Max ticket this morning. I won eighty eight dollars oh. in a free play. So things <laughs> things are looking up, man. So Shauna's boyfriend Cliff, he lived in Regina for a yeah. while, and he hit a hole in one at a golf tournament there and won a car. Oh, was it a was it a lease on the car? Did he actually get the car like outright? That how oh, she told me, and I forget. I think he might have won the car outright because I think he sold it. That's nice. Yeah, you know, hole in ones are hole in ones are great. They're even better when you can do it on a hole like Cliff did or, or like I did with some money uh, attached to it. No kidding. So uh, it was fit, worth fifty thousand dollars, twenty five thousand for you, and twenty five thousand for the charity you were playing for. That's right. Yeah, like in the rules before the golf tournament started, um, they specified that because the company that that paid for the insurance was like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll do this or we'll do this, but we want half immediately to go back to the foundation and the really cool part is so the foundation was started in honor of a 15 year old kid that passed away and his stepmom was there to witness the hole in one which was just you know wow. the best part about it that she was be she was able to be there to to see the ball go in and yeah man i i i really wish i could go back it's one of those moments i wish i could go back and relive because the celebrating was uh was something else and and i mean i don't drink anymore but if i if i was drinking i would have been pouring champagne all over my, I, it would have been like we won the stanley cup let me tell you that <laughs> so I, do you have plans for the money i know you you and your missus have a new baby on the way yeah i'm gonna be responsible with it i mean if this was if this was five years ago or more with without a kid on the way and a little bit younger i probably would have been a little more silly with it and planned a trip somewhere or whatnot but uh 
I mean, now with kids on the way, you have two kids, you know, I, I'm sure they're expensive and you got to put money away for education and this and that. So, yeah, going to be responsible for it. I mean, we're going to do a baby moon, I think. So we'll use uh, use the money to, to do that. But, yeah, going to be responsible. I'm in my 30s now, so not as uh, fun as I once once was and more responsibilities now, as you know. Well, congratulations, Mark. And I know other people have said this, but it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So uh, I'm pumped for you, man. Thanks, Beckley. It was good hearing from you. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I got sent this video by a friend of the show, Craig. Uh, and this is from Curiosity's Instagram account. And it's people on the streets of Vancouver being interviewed. Here's, here's the question they were asked. Would you rather live in a tiny apartment in Vancouver or like a mansion in Calgary or Edmonton? Uh, 100% a tiny apartment in Vancouver. Yeah. Ooh, I'd say mansion. Ooh. Mansion. In Calgary or Edmonton? I don't really like either. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a mansion in Edmonton or Calgary. Oh, I can have a good time anywhere I'm at. That's the thing about me. I think I'd have to take the mansion in Calgary, though, I'll be honest. Oh. I'll be honest. You finally got me to turn on the city a little bit. So Craig and I had the same reaction to this video. How is that even a question? A tiny shoebox apartment in Vancouver or a mansion in Calgary, assuming with a yard and all the fun that goes along with it? I mean, I get that Vancouver has us beat in several categories, right? They have milder winters, so I guess not if you like sunshine. Uh, the transit walkability, the ocean is there, soft people with soft dispositions, all that stuff. But and I guess, you know, not everyone values the same things, right? If you aren't home very often, if like, you know, the nightlife and culture and vibe of a city is the most important thing to you, then yeah, maybe you'd take that, that shoebox apartment. But it also feels like we're being disrespected here a little, doesn't it? And if you see that often, like uh, you'll see these videos online and it's often posted by like a young, a young realtor and they'll be showing you what you can buy for $500,000 in a city like Calgary. And usually the house is pretty impressive. And then the top comment will always be the same thing. And it's always from someone who thinks they're being super original and they'll say, but then you'd have to live in Calgary. And part of me, uh, the, the Calgarian, the, the, the civic booster in me, the part of me that loves the city, I want to shake them and tell them like, how great it is here. There's great people here. It's a really good place to live. But then another part is like, well, maybe it's better if they don't know. You know, let them think they're too good for Calgary. Well, they pay $750,000 for their shoebox apartment. And we'll just keep doing what we're doing here. BNS in 20 minutes or less. Throughout the morning on this show, we take all kinds of phone calls. Uh, you can call us whenever you like, 403-238-9929. Some of the calls make it to the air. Some go on our podcast. Some we just chat with people off the air. Uh, but we got this call last week when Shauna was still here, and I was thinking about it recently. And this is purely a hypothetical. I don't want you to like read anything into this, but I thought it was an interesting question this person asked. What would cause a greater world disruption? The death of Justin Trudeau or the death of someone like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Mm, good question. Like is our prime minister more important than the richest people in the world? No. Globally, no. No. In Canada, <laughs> it, it would rock Canada more if Trudeau died than if Musk or Bezos you think died. It would, though? Yeah, I do. There'd be a lot of people that would be happy about it, which is which is very sad. Yeah, I mean, there'd be a lot of people that would be happy if Bezos or Musk died too. Mm. So, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. the anti-capitalists, but yeah, yeah I think. Globally, it would be it would be the rich guys because then the future of their companies would be in jeopardy. Well, you just think the, the market, like what would the market of Tesla and oh man, and 
all that, like, what would it, would it crash and just cause just massive disruption? Yeah, I think people would dump stock in a hurry if either one of those guys died. Yeah, where you got Justin Trudeau, who's the prime minister of one of the larger countries in the world. Yeah. And it wouldn't do Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, uh... But, like, you got, say, like, the president of the United States, no matter who it is, if they die, like, that could be massive. Yeah. The president of China. Yeah. If they, if Putin, something happened to Putin right now, that would be just absolutely insane. That might be the biggest one. Yeah. At the moment, just because they're in, involved in the war. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think his death right now, because of the, there'd be so many conspiracy theories if anything happened to him right now. Yep. Like, even if he is sick, like people think he might be, and he dies. Well, now there's going to be, oh, they poisoned them more. They did this. Like, you know, there's just going to be so many finger pointing and stuff like that. <laughs> I would just kind of assume that, yeah, somebody got to him. That's what... Well, yeah, exactly. That's my, that would be my assumption also. That, oh, they finally did it kind of thing. It's got to be wild to be him and know that, like, the, the best special forces all over the world right now are, are just trying to figure out how to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> well, it's his own people. Who, there's that one uh, rich guy that got his yacht... Uh, confiscated. He put a million bucks on Putin's head. Really? Uh, yeah, Russian. Yeah, Russian, Russian Arlock. Wow. A million's just money. not enough. A million's not enough. Oh, yeah, no. no. They, he, he's got such a strong following. Like, he has people brainwashed to that extent. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Yesterday morning during the show, I was filming a video in here, so I flipped my phone into airplane mode because if you're recording a video and someone calls or FaceTimes or whatever, then it'll it'll cut the video off and it'll ruin your video. So I didn't want that to happen. Flipped into airplane mode. And then I forgot to flip back out, so my phone was essentially off for the rest of the show. Uh, and my wife was trying to get a hold of me. She had called a couple times and she had texted and then when i turned my phone back on i had this like flurry of messages from her wondering what was going on and she was like i thought something happened to you and i was like like this is not an occupation where one can easily lie ab like about wh where they're at you know like <laughs> she, if she thought i like wasn't at work or that i was off doing something else or that something bad had happened i mean there's a pretty easy solution in, in my case you just turn the radio on Right? Like, I can't say that I'm, that I'm working late or that I'm, you know, that I'm at work when I'm really off doing nefarious things. No, it's, it's pretty obvious if I'm here or not. If you hear my voice, it means I'm at work. Just turn the radio on. If you hear me, that, there I am. That's me. If you don't hear me, well, then you can start to worry. Then something might be wrong. First, I would assume that I may be stuck in the bathroom. And after that, well, yeah, then you could assume something else might have happened. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. One of my coworkers upstairs uh, said that a friend of hers is celebrating a birthday today. She's a big fan of the show, and she was wondering if I could call her up and wish her a happy birthday. And I think we can do that. I think we got time for that. Hello? Hello, is this Alicia? It sure is. Alicia, this is Beckler from X92.9. How are you? Shut the front door. Are you serious? <laughs> I hear it's your birthday. It's my birthday, yeah. <laughs> Marsha upstairs told me that I should give you a call and wish you a happy birthday. Oh, that means that's amazing. That's so special. Thank you so much, Beckler. Are you allowed to say how old you are? Uh, it's my 25th birthday. 25th. Uh, again, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to call and wish you happy birthday, and I hope it's a, it's a very special day for you, and thank you for, for listening to the show. Of course. Well, thank you so much for calling. You totally made my day. <laughs> hey, and you know what? While we're at it, why don't we open the big celebrity birthday book and get a few of these out of the way, hey? Eh? 
Happy birthday to Alicia, supposedly celebrating her 25th birthday again. Uh, Comedian Bill Engvall is 65. Maya Rudolph turns the big 5-0. Looking good for 50, Maya. And the Geneva Convention turns 93. Prisoners of War. Happy birthday to the Geneva Convention. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Conspiracy time. Conspiracy Corner. I'm Beckler. This is your platform for outlandish conspiracy theories. This one is better than Monday's. Monday's conspiracy was kind of weak. But I have to admit, this one is a bit over my head, and there is a ton of information surrounding this theory, and I was only just introduced to it yesterday, so uh, just kind of scratched the surface. Consider this like to be your jumping-off point if you're interested and you want to read more. There's a website called WTF Happened in 1971. And this website got a bit of attention last year. Uh, Edward Snowden tweeted about it, and Jack Dorsey from Twitter was tweeting about it. But if you go to this website, it's just like you, you scroll down forever, and all it is is charts and graphs showing that in 1971, there was a remarkable divergence in all kinds of economic measures, like in income inequality and... Uh, like wages to GDP, all these different these different measurements of the, of the economy, even in things like you know the divorce rate and that, like there is a when they show these charts, they they break apart in 1971, right around there. And what's really interesting about this website is that it doesn't put forward any theories itself. It just shows you all of this evidence that something happened in 1971, and then it provides a reference page where their data has been discussed on podcasts and in the media and that sort of thing. So I did a little digging, and uh, people a lot smarter than I will point to something called Nixon shock. I don't know if you ever heard that term, Nixon shock. But around 1971, President Richard Nixon took he took some drastic economic measures to curb inflation at the time, and that involved taking the United States off the gold standard, uh, moving away from something called the Bretton Woods system. And now I am in way over my head, and I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But um, The only other context that's given on this page is a quote at the very, very bottom, and it says, I don't believe we shall ever have a good money again before we take the thing out of the hands of government. That is, we can't take it violently out of the hands of government. All we can do is, by some sly roundabout way, introduce something that they can't stop. And that was the Austrian economist Friedrich Hayek in 1984. Now, some people would say that that thing is here and that it's cryptocurrency i won't say that because i barely understand how cryptocurrency works as i said i'm maybe not the best guy to explain this one to you but that is the basics of it and it it goes deep and there's a ton you can read if this does sound interesting to you on the plausibility scale man i don't know i really don't know we'll go with a nice neutral rating of 15 bilderberg groups out of 10 in 20 minutes or less. So after we learned that Jonathan Huberdeau was coming to Calgary in exchange for Matthew Kachuk, I was just reading a bit on his Wikipedia page and I found this brilliant little nugget uh, in the part about, in the section about his his early career. And I'll just read this for you word for word here. It said, Ahead of the NHL draft, Russian-based club Vityaz Chekhov made Huberdeau the fifth overall selection in the 2011 KHL Junior Draft. After being informed of this selection, Huberdeau said, For sure, I don't want to go there. I didn't talk to anybody about that. I don't know why I found that so hilarious, but I did. He's just like, yeah, for sure, I don't. I do not want to go there, for sure. It's just so, like, definitive. Like, I'm... 
I'm going to start Huberdoing my response to certain things, you know, like you get asked to work on the weekend. Oh yeah, definitely. hundred percent. Won't, won't be doing that for sure. Not. Thank you though. <laughs> get into a wedding. You don't want to go to like we were just talking about. Oh man. We're, we're very honored to receive the invitation. Definitely. We'll, we'll not be there a hundred percent. No, definitely not for sure. But thank you. That was very nice of you. BNS in 20 minutes or less. So I still own this townhouse up at Edmonton and I got a call from the co- the company that manages the property up there, like the manages the whole building. And uh, there were two people on the call, almost like they had brought backup. And they're like, is this Andrew Beckler? I said, yes. And they said, we're having some issues with your tenant. And I was like, oh man, what's going on? And they said, uh, it has to do with excessive pot smoking. And I was like, oh, oh, and they're like, yeah, uh, the person who lives in the unit next to them is the head of the head of the condo board. And they said that it's just pretty much constant, constant pot smoke. And, <laughs> and they're wondering if maybe they could they could just ease up a bit. They said this. The, the neighbor was like, they wouldn't mind if it was just once in a while, but it's all the time. And I guess on one hand. I should be grateful that the the tenant isn't smoking in the unit, but they're out on the balcony. And I, you know, I and I said to them, I was like, I get it. You know, it's warm. The windows are open. Smoke's gonna blow in. And they're like, Yeah, the the neighbor's starting to feel a little bit nauseous from all the pod smoke. So, if you could ask them maybe to just go for a walk if they're gonna smoke. And I was like, All right, yeah, I'll have a conversation with them. Thanks for for handling it so well. You know. And I was thinking, how different would that conversation have been? pre-legalization, right? Like, would would they have come at me way harder? I'd been like, you need to do something about this. There's there's a legal drug activity going on in the house. Or instead, it's just, now they're just like, yeah, maybe ask them not to to smoke quite so much. So I was like, could you maybe like, every second joint you smoke, go for a walk instead of just out there on the balcony all day? Oh, yeah. Oh going to be out here all day. V and S in 20 minutes or less. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? Not what did I learn today, but what did Justin Crouch learn today? Justin's in here. Hey, what did you learn? Uh, so I, I saw a meme the other day, and I, I love to dig in to, to see if there's any like truth to these memes or if people are just sharing them mindlessly. Yeah. And so I saw one about, like, oh, peasants back in the day used to work only 150 days a year, and here you are slaving away. Like like back in the, in the feudal system? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm talking like 14th century England okay. peasants that were like working the fields. And so I, I actually, I looked this up. All I had to do was Google peasants 150 days work. And this is the first thing that comes up. It says there were labor-free Sundays, and when the plowing and harvesting seasons were over, the peasants got time to rest, too. In fact, economist Juliet Shore found that during periods of particularly high wages, such as 14th century England, peasants might put in no more than 150 days work a year. 150 days. So how many days a year do we work? So I, I ballparked it around 250. Figure you get your weekends off plus holidays and, weekends. And, and your vacation time or whatever. So about, right. about 250. Give or take, depending yeah. on what your schedule looks yeah. like. Yeah, but so quite a bit more than they were working yes. back then. So, so like imagine an extra 100 days off here. Your boss comes huh. to you and says, hey, we're, we're going back to, to the peasant work schedule. Yeah. Here's an extra 100 days off a year. An extra nine days off a month, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, and it was just, it's funny because just yesterday I was talking on the show about how I'm grateful for leisure time. Like, mm-hmm. I had my kids at the beach, and I was yep. like, isn't it great that I, ha- I can afford to just sit for a bit? Because I don't know if that's always been yeah. a luxury that people are able to afford. But by the sounds of it, yeah. they're, we're working even harder than they were back then. Well, I mean, I mean, I should rephrase that. <laughs> You're right, because those 150 days probably sucked for them, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was 18 hour days, you know, yeah. log, you know, Pulling everything through the field, no electricity. <laughs> no. Everything was manual labor. They were sweating buckets, like dying at thirty. Yeah, yeah. And then on your days off, really, you just lay there and recover from some pox, some <laughs> some plague, or something. Right? You're like, yes, I have time off, but but what but kind what? of time is it? <laughs> You've been listening to the BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X929. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have VNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.